Hello and welcome to the River Duck Dev Show. I'm Chris. And I'm Creston. And tonight we are going to talk about uh, Stack Overflow and the impact that ChatGPT has had on that environment, that ecosystem. Uh, it's kind of interesting um, and it's, it's not something I had thought about before, but we're going to explore that tonight. But before we do, we can review. How's your week? You know how sometimes I talk about I'm constantly spinning plates. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, spin plate here, spin plate. I'm doing that to the nth degree and they're starting to drop. I'm like, I got way too much going on. Um, but so last week I was talking about an issue I had where I started, you know, using Docker and Kubernetes and trying to figure out some stuff. And it basically, I started the Kubernetes cluster or pod or whatever. And it basically locked up my whole machine. Well, mm -hmm. the other side effect of that is that I had been using the built-in container infrastructure in Ubuntu, which is LXD. I can't remember if that's an acronym for something. It's their LXD containers or LXC containers. But hmm. I had been using those and their networking stopped. Ugh. So now my none of my containers worked. Oh. Yeah. Now I didn't have that many, but still it was like, what the heck is going on? So here's what happened. <laughs> I had created the Docker repository where it stores the containers under my Dropbox. Now I normally put all my stuff under Dropbox because it all gets synced across, you know, my laptop, my computer desktop and everything. Well, apparently it doesn't, Docker seemed to be okay, but Kubernetes bringing up a pod, for whatever reason, it just locks up the whole machine. Ew. So I'm like, all right, well, I can't either, I got to move that Docker repository out of my Dropbox folder, which is unfortunate, but it is what it is. The LXD container, it's a known issue and it's been happening with the networking after people installed Docker or Docker Engine or whatever the Docker software is, they manipulate the firewall or the IP tables for Linux. Mm. They put their own things in the firewall and it breaks all the LXC containers. And I looked at a GitHub issue that's six years old and people are still talking about it. It's still an existing issue. Oh, wow. So I'm like, well, I, I guess that's a way to... Um, beat down your competitors is just break their stuff <laughs> yeah that'll do it good lord that's that's not cool now of course with this i mean i don't even know if i could use lxc containers with kubernetes presumably it's agnostic with the type of container but i'm like well if i'm using docker i might just move my lxc containers to docker because there were workarounds but the amount of work to get that working because, you know, you look at it and say, oh, this worked for me. And then say, oh, well, that didn't work, but this worked for me. Oh, that didn't work. You know, everybody has their own solution. And when I see that, it did, nothing has been narrowed and, and said, this is how to solve it. When I see 15 different solutions, I'm like, none of these are going to be a long-term thing. So I'm kind of like, I may just stop using the LXC containers or whatever. So the anyway, LX... but that's that, sorry. Go ahead. 
the LXC, that's Linux only. I mean, that's a Linux. Uh, Ubuntu only. only. Ubuntu, Ubuntu created this standard. I, I don't know if they passed it down to others, but yeah. So anyway, that's the report of what was going on. Um, oh, yuck. So a bunch of conflicts between different softwares. But how was your week? Well, it's it's busy. So you know how we've we did this acquisition and basically doubled the size of our engineering team overnight. Um, so there's all the all the stuff that goes into the change management of that whole process and converting over their customers and all this stuff. Well, the the timing of that was a bit hectic, let's say, because we have a code freeze on December 15th every year. And so we were already scrambling to try to get some high high priority stuff done and into production by the code freeze. And then this happened. So while yep. this is a good thing, ultimately, it has really, really compressed the timeline of the stuff we had to get done before the code freeze. Um, so, you know, while we're bringing more hands on board, they're not going to be up you know, ramped up for our stuff before the code freeze. So they're actually a time sink right now because we have to train them and stuff. It's, that's not a bad thing. It's just what happens when new people come on board. Um, so it's just non-ideal timing. Yeah. So it's, <laughs> it's going to be a busy month. November is going to be, I'm going to be run ragged, I think, but, uh, but we'll get there one way or another. I mean, Sometimes you just got to pull the 120 hour weeks. It just happens, you know. Um, out of where? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, out of your sleep hours, I suppose. But, you know, whatever, whatever works. Um, no, it's I mean, we'll get it done. It's just a mostly it's a matter of making sure we're communicating effectively so that we don't get confused with stuff because there now there is so many moving parts that we have to make sure all these different projects stay on the proper paths with the proper people. So there's a lot of communication infrastructure that we're trying to build up really quickly to make sure we keep all that stuff in line. But you know, You're, you, what you just expressed is exactly how I'm feeling with, I was already very busy. Yeah. And now I have two full-time contractors and two part-time employees and just <laughs> juggling that is yeah <laughs> uh-huh yeah it's ooh. yeah and when you don't have quite the right communication pipelines centralized communication pipelines in place for that level of stuff um if you expand beyond your infrastructure it gets really hectic especially when you got timetables involved that really can't be shifted you know the, this december 15th window is i mean that's a, a hard stop so, yeah. Uh, anyway, scope. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we're actually scoping back a few things because uh, we were like, uh, "No, ain't gonna happen now." So you better plan that for first quarter. Um. Anyway, so busy week. Yeah, busy, busy. Um, but also fun, fun. So Stack Overflow used to be like the go-to place for a lot of developers who had questions about things. Um, and you had found well, some it articles. It still is mine. Uh, yeah, I, I use it quite a bit too. Um, 
but you found some articles where they were kind of examining the, and I didn't, I didn't get a chance because I'm so busy. I didn't get a chance to read through all of them, but I had, I, I was able to skim through some stuff. There were graphs in there that were showing that uh, Stack Overflow's traffic has severely declined since ChatGPT came on the scene. Um, they originally said something like 50%, but then they backed it down to 35% because some of that was an adjustment in the way the AdSense or Google or Analytics Google or was whatever. working. Yeah, and, and I think they had reported something not as significant as that, um, the traffic, meaning I think Stack Overflow themselves reported it wasn't as severe as that. Mm -hmm. I mean, like looking at, and we'll have links to all of this in the show notes, but um, yeah, it, it, it seemed relatively stable, but then January 2023, it started going. Yeah. Um, but now not that significant, but what was, I think, even more dramatic was the vote decline. So this indicates activity on the platform, not just mm -hmm. views. Yeah. But like it had been dropping anyway, uh, like through 2021 and through 2022. Um, but again, it was more of a steeper curve in 2023. And the same thing with posts. So two other metrics of activity on the platform were both have been declining um, over the years, but the slope took a steeper <laughs> turn this last in 2023, which you got to yeah. think it's ChatGPT because I actually found people talking about this on Twitter and it was <clears throat> people were saying, oh yeah, I use ChatGPT now. Right. So I have some some thoughts about this whole paradigm uh, and something that this is pointing out. Not necessarily that uh, Stack Overflow itself is losing traffic, but just the the attitudes that this is kind of pointing to. And I, I have some thoughts about that, but what are your thoughts about this happening? Oh, I mean, I got a ton of thoughts. So... The irony, and I think someone had pointed it out, so I can't remember who pointed it out, is that ChatGPT trained itself with programming probably a lot on Stack Overflow, yeah. and it's killing the, well, not, I don't know killing, but it's basically hurting its long-term prospects by essentially putting out of business what helped built it to begin with. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you this is probably what's happening all around. It was artists that have posted stuff to the internet for years that ChatGPT or other AI tools are using. And now they're, now that they've been trained, they're on their own in producing things that now prevent these other sites from receiving eyeballs and traffic. Yeah like other artists. So it's just an, the irony of there is very thick. Yeah, it, it is a little bit. And I think it's, I have significant concerns. What this points out to me is that people, de developers, let's, let's 
specify developers here because not just generally people. I'm, I'm concerned about developers. Developers are putting more um, trust into ChatGPT than Stack Overflow. Now, whether that's conscious or not, I, I, I doubt it. But my concern is ChatGPT, when you ask it a question that you would normally ask Stack Overflow, says, here's the answer. That's what I hate. And you're thinking, you're probably thinking exactly the thing I'm thinking. Yeah. It, whereas with Stack Overflow, you, here's, here's my answer. And somebody says, well, I disagree with that because this, and then you have this whole conversation. And yep. so you can get all the information from all the sides and say, okay, well, this is what makes sense to me. This is the answer I'm going to implement. And I may find the answer in a comment that is not the top rated. Someone made a comment to someone else's proposal. Right. That is not even the top rated one. I'm like, oh, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> because this question isn't exactly my situation, but this comment had exactly my situation. This one bit was flipped the same for him than it was for me. And that's what my problem was. You're not, you're not going to get that with ChatGPT. You might get lucky and happen to get the right answer. But my fear is that with developers being leaning so much on the, on the AI and ChatGPT to get answers to questions that you would normally pose to places like Stack Overflow, is that we're going to lose a lot of critical thinking and analysis capabilities in the developer community because they're just going to take the answers that they get there and plop them into their code. And I think that's a very dangerous and bad uh, precedent to, to work with, you know. Here's the thing. You're going to be losing a skill set, too, because like you have said previously, and I firmly believe it, what makes me a good programmer is how good my Google foo is to a large extent. <laughs> right. So... You know, that ability to search and find things, I think losing that is, is you know, is, is going to be, it could hurt us long term. Right. And I think, you know, when you, when you get easy answers to stuff, look, I'm not, I'm not trying to crap on chat GPT here. I'm just trying to say, use it responsibly because there are things that it's not good for. And this is one of those things, I think. If you start getting the simple answers, you're going to stop thinking about problems deeply. You're going to stop analyzing, well, there's, you know, there's 15 different answers here. I need to really understand the problem so that I can pick the best one and I need to understand all the solutions. And down the line, that makes me a better programmer because when I have other problems come along, I can start making these connections in my brain about well, this looks similar to this, but it's got this aspect of this other thing. And so, you know, I can craft a solution based on the experience I've had and put in for searching for solutions and struggling to find the right answers. If I'm not struggling to find the right answers, that stuff is not going to stick in my brain as well. And so if I'm just copy-pasting answers from ChatGPT, you know, any anybody with access to chat GPT can do that. They don't need to be a developer or, or a software engineer. And really it's just putting Yeah. Yeah. So and 
really, as I think about it, you know, ChatGPT is great when I think the, let's say the probability of receiving a correct answer is super high, meaning, but, but there again, you're right. So yeah, my thinking is going in all sorts of different places. So for example, I have a very simple question, like, what are the, like, I think I was using for D&D &D when I was checking something. Hey, what are some names for elves, for example? And it says, right. all right, here, I'll give you some names of elves. So it's just throwing out some stuff. Right. Um, and, or if there are answers where essentially everyone on the planet agrees, this is the answer to that question, like how many oceans there are. It should give you the accurate answer for that. Because or how many planets there are. Oops. <laughs> well, exactly, because that's where, because I was actually thinking about this. Oh, well, you could say, what color are tree leaves? It's like, you mean to say green. It was like, oh, but wait a minute. Is it autumn? You know, or right. is it winter? Or what color is the sky? Blue. Oh, wait, unless it's dawn or it's dusk or, you know, right. there's the fires or what, you know, then... Or you, you know, live in a almost, certain large cities that where it's brown, so you know. Yeah. Who knows? So it's kind of hard. Again, I go back to kind of what I mentioned when we were talking briefly about AI when um oh what's his name was here. Um oh, I can't remember. This. I'll think of it in a minute. <laughs> but it's like Chad GPT is in its teenage years mm -hmm. and it's just says, I have this knowledge and you're asking for the answer. All right, here it is. And there's no like, I hate to say it, almost every response of chat GPT should first be, well, it depends. And then ask you questions to help clarify <laughs> yeah. and give you the answer. Right. And, you know, again, I I don't think either of us wants to crap on chat GPT. Both of us use it. Both of us find use for it in certain situations. It's great for a lot of things like, hey, give me an idea for an opening paragraph for an essay on this or, you know, list out some of the the top five reasons that that people do this thing. Or, you know, there's all kinds of good applications to get uh, information from ChatGPT. But I think development is one of those where you have to be very careful because ChatGPT doesn't think about things like security issues. It doesn't think about things like what's actually the most optimal way to implement this thing in this particular language. Um, it, where you do start getting those discussions if you post these things on Stack Overflow or, you know, just in your Ruby group or whatever, you know, interacting with other human beings gets you much better discussion than ChatGPT does for these kind of things. Um I mean, I think it'll eventually be there. It's just not, definitely not there today. I know what, I mean, I think the security will be better. The performance will be better. I mean, I think that's, that'll just come with time. But I know my frustration, at least, because I've used it for some code, trying out some things. And I'm like, okay, this is, you know, one answer I got was, all right, this is, this is okay. And then I asked it another question another time. And I'm just like, no, this, no, like, no, this doesn't make sense or it's, I, I, this can't be the, so then I turned to Google and I found what I was looking for that way. 
but I was kind of like in prep, a little bit in prep for this episode. I said, let me try asking you some coding questions. And it's just, it was very hit or miss, hit yeah. or miss for me. So. Yeah. And I've kind of had the same experience. I, I will and, use it. I'll ask it. And it's, it's good for, I'm not quite sure exactly what I'm searching for. So here's a word problem. Give me some code that might solve this. Then I get some ideas of, okay, this is what I'm actually trying to do. Yeah, and because it's hit or miss, the disadvantage is having one answer and saying, mm -hmm. okay, this is my answer to you. And I almost wanted to say, hey, here's an answer. And, you know, like C3PO, tell me the probability that this answer is correct <laughs> is 73.56%. You know, that's what, or, hey, this is what I think is the best answer. But hey, there's a few other possibilities because as I've looked into, like I'm covering this um, more artificial intelligence topics because topics on scaling Postgres, my other weekly show, mm -hmm. and they're doing a, you know, every startup and their brother are trying to build or is building AI into their tool and even yeah. not even startups, every company. Yeah. And essentially, it's just a nearest neighbor search. So right. it's just saying, compare what was entered to what we know in terms of this knowledge base. And, you know, there's cases where given your data set, you're going to be wrong or you hit a local maxima and it's just not the algorithm hadn't found something that's close but didn't quite hit the filter to be able to present it to you. So it's kind of like, I almost wanted to say, again, you know, this we think is with this level of confidence, the correct answer, but it could also be these three other things, for example. Right. And and I think that's a good point because that's something I did, you know, early on when I was starting to experiment with ChatGPT and what it would, could do for um, coding and stuff. I wanted to find out how sure it was of things. So, I mean, it has a function where you can just basically ask the same question again. So, you know, I said, I would say things like, give me an algorithm that does this in Ruby. Um, and it would spit a thing out. And I would say, okay, that looks, I suppose, reasonable. Ask the same question again. And it would give me something completely different. It was still Ruby, but it was completely different. And every one of those things was like, okay, this part of this algorithm is really good. This is implemented well, but the rest of this is trash. Or 50% of this algorithm is good, and I can use this, and I can modify this, but i got to find something else for the rest of this because it's garbage. It's it's badly written, right? So I think if you're going to use it to investigate possible solutions to dev problems, you should ask it several times the same question, get all those answers and then start doing comparisons on your own to say, okay, well, why would I do it this way instead of this way? Yeah, I think, I don't know if you can manipulate this in chat GPT itself, like the actual application that people use, but I know when, I think when you're querying indexes, so from the low down database perspective, if you're querying actual chat GPT information, or I can't remember what, what the term is, but, um, I think you can have adjust a, for lack of a better term, a jitter. So like how random the respect, like the fact that you said you asked, you asked it three different times and it gave different answers. Mm -hmm. I think that is a parameter you can control to a certain extent. Right.
Well, and that's in this particular case, that's a parameter I would I would want as wide as it can because I was looking for it to give me different answers so that I could make good decisions based on multiple pieces of information. I I and I was just doing that for an experiment. I didn't actually use that because I didn't like any of the answers I got. Um it was some you know, I asked it a question I already knew how to do pretty well so that I could evaluate okay, what's it giving me? Um and it was it was decent, but there were like one of the answers had severe security holes in it. And I was like, I would never implement this because it would it would open the company up to massive lawsuit exposure, uh, security problems. But, you know, it also there was another one that had some pretty significant optimization issues and was doing things in a, you know, not very elegantly. Um, and then there was one that it gave me for one of one of my experiments that was so um while it was technically correct it was one of those things where it was so so over clever that i couldn't really read the code it was you know it was like looking at 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 somebody fell asleep on their keyboard because there were just well, so the, many the, methods so looped the, together those and, are the, that sounds like an example of these rubyists that write what would probably be 50 lines of code in one line yeah it, exactly it was and i'm like that's neat and all, but I can't support that or maintain it or even read it very well. So that's no good. Um, you know, it's it, but it's just one of those things where I, I'm majorly concerned about the fact that if this trend continues, I'm worried that the developer community starts losing its ability to critically think about problems and find unique and inspired solutions to those problems, which is what what software engineers do. That's what we do. I mean, yeah, we use Google to to think through things and to to bounce ideas, but we also use other people and other developers. Um, and that's over my time of doing this that's the most important resource to help me think better are other people. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, I think, yeah, I think in order for it to work better, I would want it to more emulate the experience of doing a Google search for something, meaning that you get multiple answers. Right. So, you know, because what you're describing, I think, if people aren't thinking critically, well, anyone can do a query, click on, not using chat GPT. So they yep. want to figure out how to do something. They do a single Google search. They pick the first option, happens to be, let's say it happens to be Stack Overflow and they show, they pick the highest rated answer and that's what they implement. So someone could do that and that's not intelligent to do. Sure. But <laughs> that's but, what is kind of like what Chad GPT is giving you. Yeah. But the difference, yeah, the difference with the Google search though is if I go to that first stack overflow, what usually ends up happening is I start reading through comments and then I have the discussion. No, I'm telling I'm just talking about a developer that yeah. is focused on doing the least amount of work. I'm just gonna pick this first one. Here's the highest rated answer. I'm gonna take the code, I'm gonna put it in. Well, I mean, I'm focused on doing the least amount of work. I just like to do it correctly. <laughs> well, maybe <laughs> they don't care about that as much. Yeah. I, I don't know. 
Well, and that's and of course, that's what we I'm should worried say about. Say that we are two relatively old fogies. Yeah, and we would like to hear your opinion if we are totally wrong. So put it in the comments if you think we need to. I don't know. Just get over ourselves. Young up, or whatever, <laughs> and get with the program. Chat G. If you think Chat GPT is, you know, rainbows and unicorns, let us know. And if you know how to use it better. Yeah. And what has been your experience with that? I mean, that's, you know, that's been my experience with it. And like I said, I think it's a fine tool for a lot of things. I just urge caution with it for this thing, for finding development solutions to programming problems. Um, not that you shouldn't use it at all, but you should use it in conjunction with other things um, to make sure you're thinking through problems. But yeah, let's let's hear your experiences with it, how you use it, how you think it does help developers, or if you think it does help developers think critically about problems, or if you agree that it's concerning that Stack Overflow seems to be sliding downward as ChatGPT goes up, uh, does that point to a problem in the development community? Yeah, well, I mean, here's the, here's the big problem is that, you know, how a new, well, I don't know if it's, as common today, but a few, at least a few years ago, there was a new JavaScript framework coming out <laughs> like every week. Yeah. So the fact that Chat GPT only knows stuff up to like 2021, it's not going to know anything. It's not going to know anything new. And if we destroy, you know, hypothetically Stack Overflow, what are we going to do to learn the new stuff? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's or to think up new stuff. I mean, somebody somebody has to be critically thinking to come up with these new JavaScript frameworks in the first place for us to learn, right? And if we lose that that critical thinking mechanism, then we lose the ability to innovate. We lose the ability to create new things. And, you know, we might as well be living in the dark ages. It, there's, you know, I think the whole, the, the best part about software development is the investigation towards a solution, not just copying code, but the act of investigating a solution, engaging your critical thinking skills, engaging your logic skills, and coming up with creative solutions that nobody has come up with before. Because that's what we do all the time, day in, day out, is we come up with solutions to problems. Anybody can copy code, you know. I've got a, my daughters, when they were 10 years old, could copy code. Had no idea what the code did, but they could cut, cut and paste code. You're not going to pay them for that. So, I don't know. Maybe it's just old fart concerns, but. <laughs> so, have you actually used Microsoft's Copilot or integrated it at all into your IDE? I have, well. I've used it a little bit. I've I've played with it, but I don't use it on the regular. It's not integrated into my IDE that I okay. use on a daily basis. Um so my my boss uses it uh, or has used it. I don't think he uses it much anymore because he found all kinds of issues with similar to what we're talking about. It would give me crap answers. You know. Yeah. And I'd have so, to change it anyway. So just to go down a slightly different path as we're talking about this. So there was another article 
talking about, um, well, the title is Microsoft is reportedly reportedly losing huge amounts of money on GitHub Copilot. And that <laughs> there's a report saying that Microsoft is spending up to $80 per user per month in some cases to run the AI assistant where they're essentially charging $20 a month for the service. I, yeah, I don't, I don't get it. <laughs> How's that? A so business I'm just model? saying, <laughs> you know, they get $20, but they're spending $80 to deliver the service. So at some point something's going to break if that's truly the case. Yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe they're, maybe that's a loss leader type thing or they're, you know, it's, it's a magnanimous. Well, I, definitely loss leader. But here's the thing is, okay, what does this mean for the future? Mm -hmm. Now, how has Google been monetized? It's through primarily where they make all their money, ads. Mm -hmm. So what do I see coming to ChatGPT in the future is ads. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't know in what form it will come. This is just a prediction. I don't know. But if it truly costs all this money to run these AI systems, they've got to get more money from somewhere. And I'm sure that there's going to be some company that says, all right, free chat GTP for everyone or whatever the next competitor, um, you know, but you've got to deal with ads. And yep. is it now you're going to have an avatar called Sally and Sally's going to say, hey, I know you're Googling for... Um, in answer to something, would you be interested in this, like how to tie a bow tie? Would you be interested in a 5% discount on bow ties from bow ties or us? You know, I can imagine having that interaction in some point and you having to say, no, Sally, not today. Right. And and the other thing I can see coming is microtransactions. Hey, for only one ninety nine, I'll give you two more answers. Nope. Uh, oh, yep. oh, God. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> That's... But yeah, you're right. I mean, at some point, somebody will want to monetize that because anything that loses money isn't going to last very long. Um, yeah. You know, it, it, at, at some point, it has to turn profit or companies will eventually get rid of it or it'll die on the vine because, yeah, it's, loss leaders are fine for a while, but eventually they need to turn into something or they need to go away. That's just the way business is. They, you know. And Microsoft, actually, you know, we were talking about Copilot, but, you know, Microsoft recently added, is it Windows Copilot? Yeah, it's Windows Copilot to all Windows 11, I think. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> so if you thought the ads or the intrusion of Microsoft Windows into your daily life was at peak, <laughs> hold on to your hats. Yeah, I, I still haven't upgraded to Windows 11 because I'm not, I'm not jazzed about where it's going. But, oh god! And now that I know that's in there, uh, I, I'm going back to pen and paper. I'm telling you, I'm just so, <laughs> I'm over this crap. God, I'm so old. Anyway, um, yeah, it, I. I don't know where it's going. I, I like the idea of AI. I've always been fascinated with AI and and things that it can do and, and computer-based learning and stuff like that. It's fascinating to me. And I think tools can be useful, like chat, chat GPT can be useful 
for certain things. Um, I'm just afraid that we become too reliant on it and we stop thinking for ourselves. Um, I've seen it happen in, you know, a lot of other places in my time on this planet uh, where people become reliant on external information and don't think for themselves anymore. And I'm concerned that's what happens here. And with developers, you know, that that's a profession where if you don't have critical and logical thinking skills, you're kind of useless in that profession. That's all that profession is. So. Yep. Um, anyway, hopefully it doesn't, you know, it, it's, this is just, um, rainy day talk and it doesn't turn into that kind of thing. And, and maybe developers aren't oh, using I mean, this the way I think I, they are, but. Well, I mean, it's easy to fall into the rabbit, not well, not rabbit hole, but don't become too lazy just by relying upon what it gives you. Yeah. You know? I mean, because I look at the answer and I compared and contrast it with what I know of the area of which I'm asking to say, how much do I trust this answer? Right. You know, because I've looked at so much other stuff before. So again, I'm doing my own pattern matching with my own experience and comparing it to it. And sometimes I say, all right, this looks good to me. Or sometimes I say, nope, nope. <laughs> yeah. So please don't just blindly trust ChatGPT's first answer to a coding problem. Ta and take I mean, it for hints and direction, but... Yeah, and I think in time, it will mature at a scary rate, mm -hmm. you know, to the point where, yeah, I mean, I think job more jobs are going to be in jeopardy, but I think it's it's just going to happen as it, you know, as it matures and get old gets older. Right now, I think, like I said, it's probably in its teenage years. But as yeah. these models become more accurate, it's gonna gonna get scarily good. Yeah, right now it's a T one, and soon it'll be a T one thousand, and then you know we've we've got a movie on our hands. Uh, so anyway, uh, uh, yeah, just just you know, let us know um in the comments below what you think about this because I, I really am interested to know how people are using it and find out more about what what this you know this this decline of stack overflow is that pointing to what we think it's pointing at or are you seeing something different uh let us know i'd, I'd really be interested to hear from you about that um anyway we are up on time so i really enjoyed that that was a good conversation uh thanks for bringing that topic up Creston. That was fun. Sure, no problem. Um, and we will be back next week with something, but we don't know what yet. Uh, we're in talks with several people about uh, bringing some more guests on and, and some other um, topics, but we haven't gotten anything finalized yet. But we will let you know. Uh, if you like this show, please do like and subscribe so that you know when our shows drop. They will be coming out uh, on Fridays now. Um, so we will, we will get them uploaded on Fridays. So you can start looking forward to that. They used to be Thursdays, but we're, we're moving to Fridays because you know, life. So, um, 
you know, stick with us. We will be back next Friday with another one of these. Uh, and we, if you have suggestions for topics that you'd like to hear, please put them in the comments or you can join our discord and put them in the topics channel in our discord. Uh, discord link should be in the description below. You can also talk to us through Twitter at Ducky Dev Show, um, or you can join our newsletter at rubberduckdevshow.com. Come and join us there. If you prefer to listen to these things in your car, on your walk, or on your jog, you can find them as audio podcasts anywhere that your podcasts live. So you pick your favorite one. We will be there. So until next week, happy programming. Happy programming.